Welcome to this podcast brought to you by Agriculture Victoria. Last year was the driest on record for Meronee farmer Chris Hunt. And yet despite the tough conditions, he still managed to harvest over half of his seeded area. It's a result Chris credits to having robust plans and sticking to them. He joined me in the Agriculture Victoria podcast studio to talk about his planning philosophy. We um, probably seeded 90% to 95% of our cropping plan, which was about 95% of our program. But of that, there's hay crops, fodder crops and legumes, grain legumes, as well as um, cereal grain in that. Um, Yeah, none of the hay crops made it through to hay. In terms of the vetch, we ended up grazing what was viable to graze due to the season. Their oats for hay never made it. They were harvested for seed and... Yeah, and then all the grain le- the grain legumes, which was only field peas due to the dry, were grazed in the end because they yeah were just never going to get there as a grain crop. But yeah, basically every paddock saw the header, not the whole paddock, um, different soil types, etc. It's still a great result though, isn't it, in such a tough year? I think so. Like at the end of the day, we had a lot of country that was pretty erosion prone, and if nothing else, we achieved ground cover at least harvesting something you don't have to go and buy your seeds one thing but also you do have some cash flow to generate for the year you talk about making a plan not a decision what do you mean oh our program's pretty planned out like we sort of try and work around fixed percent reasonably solid percentages of what our um, cropping mix will be year to year long term and um, generally stick to it and if you go changing we don't change massively it might be just changing you know, from one crop type to another, like could be just a wheat barley makeup alter, which really doesn't change the rotation long term, or it could be um, a paddock of field peas getting changed to vetch or something like that. But yeah, we're trying to avoid the big swings of you know going and sowing the whole farm to wheat this year and then not having anything any decent paddock set up well to grow wheat on next year. Is the foundation to that? It's a business. It's not a lifestyle. You're taking the emotion out of it and you've got a business plan around that. It's pretty much that's the aim. Like, at the end of the day, we're not registered charities and um, <laughs> we work too hard to call it a lifestyle. So <laughs> it, it has to be a business and driven like any other business. So in terms of some of that planning, let's talk about the start of the season, seeding. You don't wait for a break in the season. You've got a plan and you stick to that? Pretty much, yeah. Look, we seed by the calendar, so we'll sort of start rolling sometimes we're behind because we're disorganized but yeah generally we start rolling and if we start behind we've got to go hard to get caught up to where we should be um we'll start rolling on vetch very late march early april and then as you get closer to that magic day of anzac day you'll start looking at cereal options whether it's oats for hay or early wheats or barleys and yeah just keep crossing paddocks off the list really how did that run last year in, in that exceptionally dry year? Oh, look, it was a bit curly. The biggest factors that made it curly was we've been trying to grow chickpeas and get the timing right of a decent break to seed them for the rhizobia and the inoculum. We thought we had that sorted. We'd bought dry inoculant so we could dry seed them, but there was a massive issue of the inoculum, so that got taken back and we were at slurry, so that affected our plan a bit. But the rest of it, the cereals and that, we just um just kept at it really, like um just picking out crop types and paddocks to cross off the list. A lot of stuff was pretty erosion prone, but I think the best thing we done was we got it seeded, and then when we did get a little rain event, it did start to cover. You mentioned earlier about 
we maintain ground cover. That's an incredibly important thing when there's been such a big issue of soil erosion. Yeah, look, we're not immune to it. We've had enough more country than we'd like erode the last two dry years, but um, haven't shifted massive amounts of dirt where we have had the erosion. But I think the biggest thing is, is like when you haven't got ground cover, yeah, if you don't get the surface too fine, so what's the point of grazing a paddock that's got nothing on it anyway? All you're doing is turning it to powder so it blows easier instead it blows a little bit. But also when things aren't ideal in terms of ground cover and erosion, it was actually pretty phenomenal, I reckon, the result we got by altering our seeding speed. Um, you know, instead of sowing oats because of no pre-emergent chemical considerations at 12k, we come back to 8k and just not cut powder in the country and as bad and just making it rough, clods, furrows, ridges, just to help resist the wind, and it meant them little seedlings could get away when they got them little rain events eventually. What about your planning in regards to weed management? We've got a set of rotation guidelines via our agronomist um, consultant. We um, tweak each year a little bit. So what are some of those guidelines? What are those rotation guidelines? Uh, well, some of the guidelines, like we'll pick out country that will have a particular weed target and we'll set out a plan of a four-year strategy on how we're going to tackle it, whether it's... um chasing barley grass and what we'll do to get them barley grass numbers down so they're not a factor in making the decisions moving forward and you know some of it could be that we don't grow cereal hay where we've got barley grass numbers um because cereal hay is renowned as good grass control for rye grass but it's renowned for building barley grass numbers is there any other points in that particular rotation plan that um yeah pretty much like cereals so wheat and barley and oat and hay we only ever seed them on fallow or on legume stubbles um as a rule, just trying to set up our cash crops to be in the best scenario they can to generate cash, I guess. In terms of your plans, are they something that you're constantly reviewing? I guess you're always looking at what you do because you can always do something better. You know, you've always made a bad decision. And um, if you haven't made a bad decision, um, you, you need to find a better critic. <laughs> but um, realistically, you know, we um, have a drive around with our agronomist once a year in late winter, early spring. That's aimed around weeds, but also you're getting an idea of performance of paddocks and what's happening. From that, we'll do a planning session around what's going where the next year. Generally, that's done before harvest, so we've got a fair idea that we need to keep X amount of this seed or that seed at harvest um, for the following year. And when we do that, you need to be critical and you want, you know, you're paying an agronomist for advice, so you don't want them to be all warm and fuzzy. You want them to be pretty hard on what you're doing and be critical and um, pushing you. But yeah, generally we're just working on building a plan. You run livestock. Is that a similar planning process for you? I guess it is, but we're a lot newer. We always traditionally run a small mob of breeder cattle. We've got out of breeder cattle quite a while ago when we were trading some cattle. But when we added some country a few years ago, we done that with the plan of also adding sheep to our business, um, mainly to manage some variable soil types, etc., and give us rotational options. But... With um, the plan around sheep, we prefer to use containment feeding early, especially um, as the season's meant to be breaking, um, if it does rain, to really let your feed get away, let your paddocks get covered and then graze it instead of chasing it as it's coming up. And um, you know, the poor little plants don't build that leaf area to then you know photosynthesise to get the roots to grow. Well, I understand you've got a few golden rules. Can you share a couple of those with us? Well, pretty much. You need to look after your lot of soil types, they're your most productive, so you know you want to manage them so they can produce for you. And really, 
they're your year in year out where you can build your averages and your yields and yeah we just you know maximize them in terms of fertility timing and yeah so they can produce um try and use harvest and grazing management when you need to to maximize ground cover you know we were caught out in 2018 harvesting legumes after a heavy steel roller we'd pretty effective at getting the crop but left us pretty exposed um you know last year we harvested wheat stubbles quite high on a paddock just so it gave us options for grazing yeah also just around your pre-emergent chem like be very mindful if the paddock's erosion prone what damage that can cause to your emerging crop and you can always drop it off that part of the paddock if you need to like get the paddock the hill covered before you know we've, and it might have broadleaf weeds but sort of the result's better than it not being covered all of this, Chris, to me says your main golden rule is have a plan. Pretty much, yeah. If you've got a plan, you sort of can work through what you're doing and if you need to change things, you've got to change things. But due to having a plan, you're mindful of the full effect of a change on your business. Chris Hunt, farmer from Maroney, all the best for the season ahead and thank you for joining me in the Agriculture Victoria podcast studio. No worries, thank you. Thank you.